Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood along with Tepper, a grown man who has never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. I'm Connor, secretly three kittens in a trench coat. Uh, I'm Jeff, also known as Notorious Tree. And uh, I'm Tepper. I'm a guy, I guess. I do things. I watch movies. I really like movies. That's a lie, and you know it. (laughs) Clearly, you have never seen a movie. Never. This week, we will be watching The Karate Kid, directed by John G. Avildsen, released in 1984. A movie that Clint Eastwood's son auditioned for the lead role of. Uh, When he failed to get the part, his father retaliated by banning all Coca-Cola products from the sets of his movies. Because at the time, uh, Columbia Studios was owned by Coca-Cola. Wow, that that completely changes my perception of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Jeff brought us this movie this week. Why? I think it, to me, it's just such, like, an iconic piece of, like, 80s, uh, like, culture. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure something I'm, I'm definitely going to bring up later is I think this movie is kind of the first, at least in, in maybe a major motion picture, uh, of, like, a montage scene. Like, it, it got, a lot of things this movie did kind of got copied later or seemingly became tropes. Or they might have already even, like, been tropes in, like, maybe, like, B-movie, uh, like, uh, kind of martial arts films. And then this was kind of, like, a a light martial arts film with, you know, like, a Hollywood plot that could kind of get everybody involved. I think it was just, uh, like, until they made sequels, this, this to me, was a really great example of just kind of, like, a movie... Eh, like, your kids would probably have more fun than, like, you know, the parents taking them to it. But... It's got a bit of something for everyone. Yeah. Uh, Does anyone else have a personal connection to this movie? This is uh, another one of those movies that I watched way too much as a child. Uh, And it made me really want to try karate, but my sister really wanted to dance. So as a compromise, we took dance classes. uh, And unfortunately never took karate. (laughs) It didn't make you want to, like, wax your parents' car? No, it made me want to do karate. Cool ninja tricks and catch flies with chopsticks. Yeah, I did do karate for close to 10 years, and we had a summer camp during the off-season of the of the dojo I went to, and at the end of the week, we'd watch this movie every year, and that was, yeah, it was just very much a part of my childhood. All right, we are now showing Tepper the poster for this movie. Uh, Tepper, what do you think this movie's about? <laughs> well like i already know like parts of what I, like because this movie gets referenced a fair amount um so like i know kind of the finishing move of the movie like the high kick that i've heard was illegal but everybody just kind of let it through because it's the main character who did it um there's the uh, Mr. Miyagi, I believe, is his name. Like, the mentor character. Um, so, like, in terms of looking at the poster, we see, like, the mentor character, the main character, and then, like, him doing the the pose. Um, and I believe that's the one that leads into the high kick. Like, he does that pose and then goes and does it, if I recall correctly. Looking at the poster more closely, um, it kind of, like, like the poster kind of puts into, um, 
it's like that kind of similar to I guess like like a little bit of like warriors of virtue where it's like the power lies in your heart not in what like you're capable of um type deal uh the poster itself seems fine like i'm not as into it as some of the other posters that we've seen uh already um yeah like it's all right but just look at the burning love between these two characters they want to kiss so badly. Oh yeah, if you t- if you took the words away from this poster, <laughs> yeah. you could make this about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I was even just going to say um I've seen a lot of different posters for this. Like when I was looking up some posters earlier, I don't think this is one of the ones I've seen, but it also gets a bit scrambled with uh like the remake that came out. You get a lot of results for posters of the uh like Will Smith and Jackie Chan remake. She is holding that pose terribly. Jaden Smith it would have been great if Will Smith was was the current. I just kid. know Will Smith was in it. Yeah, I would have actually watched his, that one. Couldn't remember his kid's name. Sorry, Jaden. Yeah, and then like we've talked about like the sequel series or whatever that they're making, where the the guy comes into the town and wants to remake the or like make the dojo. <laughs> so it'll be yeah, interesting. I'm sure. We'll we'll talk about the Netflix series a little bit after the movie. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd bring it up just because it just continues to amuse me. Uh, certain certain aspects of what we've discussed, like off the podcast. I've just got one thing uh, about the poster I want to bring up, and it's like, is that what pe- like people do in California? Like you you go grab a log, you go down to the beach, and you practice your karate. Like I've never been to California, so I don't know if. Like, do you think people would be, like, out for, like, their morning jog or, you know, go out to uh, have, a, have a swim in the ocean and there's just, just this kid standing on a log for, like, two hours <laughs> practicing his kicks? Morning karate. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, I know I know certain, like, plot details and stuff like that, and I kind of have, like, a general idea of, like, the structure of the plot for this movie. I know, like, the fly-catching scene. I figure this kid gets bullied in some way and then this guy will like the mr miyagi will like help you know unlock his inner potential and make him believe in himself and all that stuff that has been the trend of like the past five movies we've watched what 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 makes you think that any movie we have ever watched has had bullies in it (laughs) more like little i was gonna say more like little murder gangs like seriously so, do you guys think this is a slight tangent from the current topic? But like, if we were making a list of like the most like '80s movies of all time, this would probably be in the top three. I don't know if it would be number one, but yeah, this, this has would a be lot of kind of like time. those '80s movies kind of tropes to it. And um, something I'm pretty sure this director also did Rocky, so I could be a little off. So actually, I I, I sort of interrupt. Jeff, but I actually looked up when like Rocky came out, and that was 1976. But now, now, and I was gonna bring that up because like I think Rocky has a like Rocky one has a montage scene. That's why I was yeah. bringing up the director. Yeah, I was gonna say I guess maybe this was kind of that direct. It's just it's so ubiquitous in many sports movies and even movies that just didn't involve like you know you need to have some time passing. What, why can't we just have, like, you know, a subtitle come up that says, like, oh, you know, a couple months later. It's like, no, instead we've got to get, like, these five-second fast-cut clips of, like, people just doing random mundane stuff sometimes. And obviously in Rocky and Karate Kid, it's not, like, it's kind of mundane, but they're training. Yeah, and I mean, like, if it's done right, it is so hype. Like, it just, 
gets gets like the audience pumped if it's done in the right way where like you get to see like oh man like he's gonna be like when he finishes this montage it's gonna be like amazing to see what comes next um and i think that gives an effect that like just going three months later wouldn't be able to give to the audience uh but i I think like a lot of movies have just done like stupid montage scenes and kind of ruined part of it like the magic that's kind of my my point yeah is like if i'm thinking of like movies just keep kind of getting faster and faster cuts you know like the the time the camera remains on the same subject is is shrinking if we if we look at like movies just in the last like couple decades and i kind of wonder again like i'm not trying to blame the director or like that kind of genre or style of movie but you always just have to wonder like what was kind of the inception point for all these faster cuts and these montage moments and they're not exactly the same thing but it just makes me, you know, kind of wonder how how much the two are related, or if there is any correlation between them. Yeah, it's actually interesting. the um, The montage song for this movie was actually originally written to be. Uh, it was written for Rocky Three, but rejected by them. So you, it was instead used in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to watching this movie because, like I said, it's um, even though I kind of like know i think mostly what's going to happen and i know like the climax of the movie um this movie gets referenced so often just in general culture like it's um it is seeped into the the like the cultural like cultural consciousness of of north america uh so to be able to see where all those references came from and like see the actual movie i think will be uh will be a good experience and it's another thing i get to cross off my list of stuff i haven't seen all right yeah and i guess the, the montage sorry i just got one more thought the montage might uh, <laughs> this is this might be a bit of a stretch but like the montage scene might uh could have something to do with how like people are almost perceived as like lazier now because it's like man if that if that hollywood character could solve his problem in like three minutes of like a pop rock song and just trying his best how come uh, i can't get out of bed in the morning can i can i have a montage of me waking up and making breakfast (laughs) just find the right pop rock song and do it i guess you're right yeah i gotta find my montage song exactly plays wherever you are all right, and with that, we'll see you after the film. Get him a body bag! Yeah! And we're back. So, what did everyone think? Get him a body bag! Yeah! I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie was pretty good. Uh, I definitely see why people like it so much. Um... I think, like, so I'm trying to, like, match it up to a lot of the other movies we've watched, and, hmm. It's got a lot more murder bully. Yeah, It's got a lot less business dad. Yeah, like, um, I like, I like this movie a lot. I'd almost say, like, it does the, like, becoming stronger thing. A little better than a lot of the other movies. Uh, one thing that uh, immediately uh, struck uh, struck uh, stuck out to me was that like Daniel is socially competent and like overall and is like a functioning 
person, whereas, like, a lot of the other kids in the other movies we've watched have been, like, very on, like, the outside of social things. Uh, yeah. That's why I don't relate to Daniel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has some anger issues and a few other small problems, but overall, he knows how to act in social situations, yeah. Yeah, like, this movie was, like... It was up and down. Like, there were moments I really liked a lot, and then there were, like, a bunch of moments where I was, like, ugh. Um, or, like, there was just stuff where it's, like, how the fuck does this, like, kid society work? Like, it's, like, Daniel gets his ass beat by one dickhead, and everybody just stops being his friend, and it's, like, what? And just, yeah. Um... So I guess, like, going over my notes, um, his mom is, like, a fucking great character. Yeah, she's a real mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. She's, yeah, she's just very, very real. And, like, all of the interactions her, she and Daniel have are very real. And I think, like, jumping off that, a lot of the characters in this movie, like, to me, felt very real. Um, in the sense, like, I played ho- I played hockey for like oof, I can't even remember how many years I played hockey. Um, like people like the bad guy in this like movie, they exist and they're awful. They're horrible people. Sorry, by bad guy, do you mean like the bullies or the coach? Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like uh, and also like a lot of like the dialogue in like the final like tournament. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, like, that's that's kind of, like, stuff I've kind of heard before. Where it's like, yeah, no, like, go and hurt them. Like, don't don't just, you know, win. You gotta, you gotta, like, like, what was it when I was playing hockey? It's like, kill them, kill them. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> so, like, there were, yeah, there were, like, sections of this movie that were kind of too real. <laughs> um... In certain ways. Um, yeah. On the other side of that, like, I did karate for many years and went to a decent number of tournaments. And maybe it's because I I was quite socially awkward, but I never had any interaction remotely like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, respect is a big thing in martial arts, right? Like, this movie kind of takes it to the extreme where it is kind of like a bunch of bullies and a, the coach thinks he's a badass. Where, like, the, yeah, the couple times I've ever had a friend who did any martial arts like you know they were always like pretty aware that again like it's it's you don't well you can do it to personally empower yourself but you're not supposed to do it for the power you're you're supposed to learn respect for yourself and other people through martial arts and i think this movie tries to do a pretty good job of staying with that message yeah i thought it was pretty effective overall like miyagi made it pretty clear to daniel again he's like i'm not trying to teach you how to like fight and win like again miyagi was even telling him like i don't want you to win the tournament i want you to like show them that like you have discipline yeah and and also like miyagi's thing about like balance and it's like don't just take this as karate but take this into your life like make it a part of yourself so like yeah uh, like and that's that's like that's one thing that uh, like we'll get into probably in more detail later but um the messages they really carried the themes and messages through the movie like there was even like one or two where i was like eh, and then like later on i was like oh wow they actually like followed up uh pretty well 
Um, but yeah, no, the characters, uh, I know, like, you guys, well, especially Jeff, uh, you weren't totally into, like, some of the scenes where you're, like, they're giving too much depth to characters that kind of don't matter. But I actually kind of, like, enjoyed having, like, those traditionally, like, one-dimensional characters be given a bit more depth. Like, uh, like, I enjoyed, like, the one, the one, uh, bully who was like, hey, man, like, that's enough, like, you've you've got your punches in on on him like let him go now he can't even stand yeah and then later on like take out his leg it's like uh what <laughs> and and then like and then as soon as he does he's like i'm so so like like he realizes his mistake and like i thought that was kind of nice giving that taking that that extra little bit of time to give like a little bit of character to um characters that usually like like could have been just left as one-dimensional cardboard cutouts like here's the bullies here's the mom who does stuff here's you know this person and that person and whatever like the literal cardboard cutout of the coach <laughs> i love that <laughs> um yeah it just goes to show like i mean clearly given the more time that the netflix series is going to have to develop characters it's obviously going to be very very good see on that note i did feel that some of the scenes were gratuitous um in tv shows i'm way more okay with like taking half an episode or an episode to like flesh out a character and i don't think this movie ever went too far over the top or i guess just kind of too far with any of its like characters or scenes because a lot of the scenes around the time i was thinking like ooh, they're spending a long time on like this carnival or or oh daniel's spending a lot of time uh, with with drunk Miyagi, the scene would end a minute later, and yeah, the scene would get to the point and establish what it wanted to. But I just feel that this movie, again, like it didn't really feel like it drew on too long for me. Some of the scenes definitely did, but um, fe- I would have given this movie like a much stronger positive review if it was like an hour and a half or an hour and forty minutes. I feel like this movie being two hours for me, it's my opinion. There there are definitely some scenes I think you could, like, either completely remove or just you could edit little parts of them out. But then I, I'm not sure what that would do to the pacing. Because this movie, the pacing's pretty good. It never feels like it's too slow. Like, it kind of picks up and then goes back to Daniel's normal life. And uh, I, if I looked at the, if I looked at, like, all the scenes in, like, a storyboard or in the script, that might give me a better idea of how I do feel about the pacing. Uh, but overall, yeah, pacing good. I just think, yeah, some of the scenes for me maybe could have been retooled or or cut out. And again, that I think it would have made a stronger movie. I think this movie is still damn good at what it wants. This movie did what it wanted to do. The, the It's still a good movie. I just have some little nitpicks. Yeah, my, the one that... The only scene that I thought was, like, too long was the carnival one. But I think that's also because I wasn't, like, super, super invested into the romance. Like, like I was much more invested into the Miyagi-Daniel... Uh, romance. Yes, that one. Mm. Yeah, look at uh, that poster. Imagine it didn't say Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, that kind of developing, like father like father figure relationship i was much more interested in uh so like the drunk miyagi scene like i gave that one a pass because it 
like I liked his character. Whereas like the carnival one, I was like, eh, uh, this is kind of boring. Yeah, the the Miyagi scene was definitely the most boring when I was younger and didn't understand basically anything that was happening. Um, but yeah, going back to it, the first date at the at the golf and stuff uh, is definitely just kind of more than probably needs to be there, especially since how established them liking each other has already been. And I think that's part of my problem with that scene is there's already been enough scenes of the two of them hanging out and, like, establishing that they're into each other that that just kind of was like, yeah, you're just telling us what we already know. <laughs> As a kid, I would uh, actually go do other things during, like, all of the romance scenes because <laughs> I did not care for it. Yeah, basically, my thought about some of those scenes, obviously I've already kind of made my point on... um. Uh, some of them may be gratuitous, is how much do we feel that those are kind of pandering? In in the sense that a lot of movies, it, it's probably worse now that as Hollywood goes on, you know, there's even more remakes and sequels and all that, and movies be have become very, very formulaic. Because I've always been uh, kind of on the side of I don't really want a romantic subplot in all my movies. Like, yeah, like, if you had, if they had cut that out or given more screen time to, like, Miyagi and Daniel Bonding, yeah, I think that could have been really interesting, but how much of it is kind of like, oh, again, in this kind of, like, 80s movie formula, whether it was, you know, they were aware of it at the time or whether, you know, we can look back in history and kind of say, oh, yeah, like, all these iconic movies from the time, you've got the love interest, you've got the bully or just whatever the the villain of the movie is. Like, I'm kind of curious about your opinions on that. Do you feel like some of that was, and again, I don't mean, like, complete pandering, but just in the sense of, oh, the movie has a teenage male protagonist, of course we have to have a love interest. I, I think, like... Yeah, because I think it was just, like, the formula of the time. Like, that was just kind of how you constructed a movie for the audience. Um, it's like, do you think that humanizes Daniel more? Or do you kind of feel like our female watcher is supposed to identify with, like, his girlfriend or his mom or something? Like, yeah, and obviously now we have way more kind of, like, the gender lines are getting blurred more and we, we have strong male and female characters and a lot more movie and media but you don't know I mean like at the time this movie does still kind of feel like and again i feel almost bad for like trying to look into it this deep but uh, uh like do you think everyone was supposed to identify with daniel in that movie hmm i mean what good's karate if it doesn't get you the girl why would you karate is that why you took karate like what one of clearly one of the like one of my notes let me find it again is um it feels like two separate movies to an extent where you've got like Daniel doing his coming of age, becoming stronger, connecting with like a mentor and like learning like that, like life skill. And then there's like, here's a romance. And I find those two portions of the movie don't mesh incredibly well, or at least maybe it was just, maybe I'm just biased because I wasn't super into like, like it was, let, let, let me first, the romance was good enough. My, like, like if I was told to, like, cut this movie, I would just remove most of the romance and just go, there's people being a dick to him, and he's learning how to be, like, stronger, better. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I guess that it, I guess like it might be somewhat intentional because of like Miyagi's point of finding balance in all Man. aspects of life. Whereas like Daniel is obviously he became very on karate, and and yeah. we just don't see the girlfriend for for like a month and a half. Yeah, to that's quote the... Joe Rogan, you just blew my mind. That's actually a pretty solid point of like yeah maybe yeah like. That Daniel Daniel is super good at ghosting for like months at a time <laughs> because like that's actually like a sp- I actually really like that point I think that puts the two aspects of it together and also connects to that thing of like yeah like finding balance where it's he's not just this kid doing karate it's like no he's got a life like he's got things in the same sense that for parts of the movie the bullies like disappear like they're not showing up all the time to menace him yeah. And that's where, like, in the final tournament, we see all aspects of his life at the same time. Yeah. Because they're balancing each other. There's the karate, there's the bullies, there's the girlfriend, there's his mom. Yeah, so so I, I take back what I said. I, I re- That was a very good point. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I actually think, like, with that in mind, I think actually the romance part does fit in well into the movie if you if you look at it through that, like, lens. Yeah. The, the first date is a little much, but still. On that note, um, if, if I was to kind of play the high school English teacher here and be like, then what, like, we kind of just got into, like, maybe balance wasn't just a theme in the movie in the sense of, you know, like, trying to teach you yeah, Daniel San to mature. Uh, <laughs> called him Daniel San. Uh, Fucking weeb. Daniel San. <laughs> um, well, I won't deny it. <laughs> but, like, how much do we want to, again, kind of, this is, and obviously going a bit meta- and just on the balance theme, but what do we think were like some of the other themes of the movie? Like, was it all kind of just like teaching, not necessarily like self restraint, but like other than balance? Again, I'm just kind of curious. Like, what were your thoughts on maybe some of the other themes? Uh, so one of the ones that I thought they would drop pretty quick, but they actually followed through on was the when Miyagi goes, "There's no such thing as bad students, just bad teachers." And I was like, eh, like that, that kind of like, like, I was like, that kind of seemed throwaway. But then in the final tournament, I went, ah, now I see. Because it was the teacher basically all along. Yeah, that's a super good observation. Like yeah. that actually, like that was you, un- yeah, like understanding something almost meta about the movie and pointing it out that I didn't really think about Yeah, that line. Like I didn't even think when he said it, that was a throwaway line. But now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, holy crap, that... Yeah. That that came full circle. Like again, yeah. this movie I think is pretty good at most of the stuff that they show you comes back and obviously there's the whole like oh, sand the fence, paint the fence, wax the car, yeah. like yeah, that turned into him learning karate. But I think the more interesting ones are the stuff where yeah, I think like that's a that's a good point in how what kind of lessons you learn about what kind of person they are yeah because like what really like brought it home was again like the bully with the conscience who goes like like are you serious and like the teacher's like yeah like put him out of commission and then also like even his main bully like when the guy's like sweep the leg and he's like uh what like even the guy who has been like fighting daniel the whole movie goes like does like a double take and kind of is like are you like sure and which really brings, like, to me was like, ah, now, like, I see with the whole thing. And then that also goes back to, like, when you see them in the dojo where it's like, kill, kill, kill. Like, it's like, Jesus. Uh, and then also, like, the pictures on the wall, the cardboard cutout, 
um, because it's like it's like uh, the teacher was like a military guy. Um, both teachers were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both teachers were, but like that one, like wears it on his like because like his picture, uh, like one of the pictures on the wall when Daniel first enters is him in like a military uniform, and it has some text yeah. that I can't remember. It would have been he would have been in Nam. Yeah, yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, the theme the themes were solid. Like it was it was good throughout. Surprisingly violent is one of my notes. Uh, I mean, it's called the Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, but like. Murder. Ethan Karate. Murder. Well, it, it's bullies. not like bloody, but like a lot of punches no. get thrown. Yeah. 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 Like, like Daniel gets bloody. Daniel gets his ass beat like four times. Mr. Miyagi gets blood on his shirt once and is still wearing that shirt the next day with blood on it. I mean, he doesn't have a washing machine. Um, and so like, uh, you can draw parallels between Miyagi and the Cobra Kai teacher, where like they're both military guys. But, like, one teaches karate as, like, a life thing, like a lifestyle of the ability, you know, you know, like, teaching you skills and balance and so on. And then the other guy is the exact opposite, where it's, like, karate is a means to power that you wield over people. Um, so, yeah, like, there's interesting parallels in that regard. Um, well, I think, um, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt, but I think the parallel that, uh, you guys brought this up before, but I think we could go a little more in depth into it, is that... Both both uh, teachers were military men, but it's the kind of thing where I'm sure we've all seen it in in Reddit threads or in in other places online where you've got the the kind of guy like Mr. Miyagi who um or I don't know about you guys but like uh, again from personal experience one of my grandfathers that I that I was fortunate enough to meet um he was in World War Two and he never ever talked about it. And I feel like that's the kind of dichotomy between Mr. Miyagi and I don't know his name, but the the head of Co- the Cobra Kai karate place, Mr. Cobra, yeah, Miss Mr. <laughs> Kai, uh, Priest, I believe. Whatever his name is, good on you for remembering that one. I certainly didn't. Um, but basically, my point is that kind of uh, stark contrast between someone who was in the military and acknowledges that, yes, it builds character, but you do horrible things and you don't want to remember them, and someone who was like, oh, I was in the military, I'm a badass. Because you hear those kind of stories about, yeah, like the guys who, like, uh, you know, they were in the military, but they were at home doing training drills and they never got to go to war. And then they act like some big badass, and then the guy who actually went to war comes back and says please never talk to me about that it was horrible and i feel like that's actually a kind of a point they're trying to make between the cobra kai teacher and mr miyagi especially when we it hammers at home now remembering when we see mr miyagi in his military uniform and we see uh daniel checking out the papers and his medals is like yeah mr miyagi was this in- incredible dude who probably saved people well like, in the war and it's just a character but you know miyagi was a badass whereas the cobra kai teacher again maybe he was a badass too but we don't know like he acts like a badass but mr miyagi you know speak softly and carry a big stick kind of deal like miyagi is when you look at him you just think oh it's it's some you know old kind of short asian dude like i can take this guy but if you saw him in a fight you'd be like ah hell no dude's a martial arts master I just looked it up. Uh, the line that Johnny says to Daniel is, "You're all right, Larusso. Good match." Ah, yeah. See, and like, and that, yeah, and that really um, drives home that like bad teachers, not bad students. 
And uh, so, like, one scene that I wanted to talk about, because I really enjoyed it, was the scene where he, like, throws the bicycle into the dumpster and then talks to his mom and basically goes, like, I never wanted to move here. Like, I hate it here. I don't know the rules of this place. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah, before that scene, I wasn't super into them. Like, I thought, like, the mom was, like, a little too naggy and was just kind of annoying. And then, like, that scene happened, and I was, like, 180 on that opinion. I was like, wow, this this character is actually awesome. Because she goes, like, yeah, no, you're right. I should have talked to you. And I'm sorry. And, like, they work it out. And that's also where, like, I found the characters in this movie very real. Because, like, yeah, like, I've had arguments with my mom before where, yeah, like, we, we would yell at each other, and then but we'd, like, hash it out. Where it's like, okay, yeah, no. Uh, we'd work it out rather than just... Um, yelling and i thought that was that was really good where it, it really demonstrated like i thought the both actors did a phenomenal job on that scene like that emotion and like that frustration of like moving to a new place and then like yeah like he got his like ass beat like two three times like that was basically an attempted murder like they dro- dropped him off a fucking hill um yeah just uh just really good uh hill not a cliff y- yeah didn't drive a car into him just a just a motorcycle <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah I, I just i absolutely adore that scene though daniel is responsible for more car crashes than than marty mcfly oh yeah, my god oh my god yeah so uh so so speaking of like the car situation daniel does not make life easy for himself at points in this movie like he he really didn't need to do that to the bully and that's very much like because that's before he starts learning any form of discipline yes or or like chill yeah exactly like that's where like you can see it's like part of like kind of like the first part of his character where like yeah he'll like fight people he'll you know he'll go after people and and that like showed it and then yeah he caused multiple car crash got his ass beat again uh i think it might also be a bit of a uh, like a reflection of how others were seeing him, because like when he, because when he 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 made a friend and then he got invited to a a beach party and that was going yeah. great, and then he got in a fight and got beat up and then everyone avoided him. So at that after that moment, he was the guy who everyone avoids and gets in fights. Yeah, and I, I, like I thought that like one eighty on social situation was kind of dumb. We never see that guy from the yeah. from the motel again. Yeah, that was really weird. He's from was... apartment seventeen. Like, yes, but like when when he showed up, I'm like, I don't remember this character. And then after the beach scene, it's like, oh, that's why I don't remember this character. Well, I think with the whole like, um, I can't think of the right word here, but basically Daniel almost becoming an outcast after the um, after the beach party fight was because everyone knows like those. It was only, like, three or four dudes that I remember, but in the bike gang, it feels like there might have been more than that. But basically, just all the Cobra Kai guys or Cobra Kai Cobra kids. Cobra Kai never dies. Whatever we, whatever we call them. Like, I, I believe there's five in the main gang. I think the reason, yeah, the whole, like, oh, ostracized. Like, Daniel becomes kind of ostracized after that mm-hmm. is is because that gang is kind of seen as, like, you know they're they're the they're the natural bullies. Like, yeah. I think people started avoiding Daniel after that kind of because it was almost like a real-life situation. It was kind of like, oh, if you start hanging out with Daniel, then your social status is kind of lowered to that dude who lost a fight and that they want to pick on. 
So it was kind of like the, even though you should, you know, you're always told like, oh, don't be a bystander in those situations. It's like, well, how many of those kids are really going to pick a fight with the five dudes who are like brown belts or black belts in karate? Like, you know, you're going to lose a fight in a one-on-one. Why would you try to pick on them like 1v5? And that's what Daniel made that mistake multiple times before he learned his lesson. Yeah, I... Yeah. I'm just kind of saying, if we were one of these side characters in that movie, that might be around the time where I'm also like, whoa, Daniel, pump the brakes. Like, these guys... Like, we all know these guys are fighters. I know you kind of rushed head first into it before you knew they were fighters. But after you get beat up on the beach, are you really going to go so far as to, like... And I kind of want to draw the parallel between, like, uh, the only other podcast I've been on, the, the Back to the Future one here. Like, you know, the kid, suppo- like, rolling a joint in the bathroom. Kind of the same as, like, the reefer madness thing in uh, Back to the Future. Reefer addicts. Yeah, re- reefer addicts. And again, like, it, not really the same thing comes out of that scene. But, because, uh, I mean, in Back to the Future, they kind of scare the, the bullies off of Marty. Whereas in Karate Kid, Daniel then gets chased down and yeah then forced off of his bike (laughs) but also gets the best girl at school so the music in this movie outstanding so 80s so good (laughs) well it just kind of seems like they just grabbed and again this is hindsight but it feels like they just grabbed a bunch of stuff off like top 40s 80s like pop and rock hits but at the time who knows what kind of deals were made between movie studios and recording studios and other stuff that was going on like Ivan was mentioning in this to us that um the the like the you're the best around was marketed to you said Rocky 3 it was written for Rocky 3 but it was rejected in, instead for uh, Eye of the Tiger so it ended up in this movie obviously a point we can bring up if, as we get more into kind of like the technicalities of the movie is that the director of Karate Kid and Karate Kid 2 and 3 I think was the director of Rocky the first Rocky and Rocky 5. I don't know who directed all of the Rockies in between. But it seems like they had a certain amount of the Karate Kid planned. Like as you're saying Karate Kid 2 and obviously we're not really talking about Karate Kid 2 but picks off right at the end cuz that that's actually something I wanted to bring up was the ending seemed kind of abrupt to me. Did that stick out for anyone else? Yeah, yeah, that was definitely pretty abrupt. We got five seconds of celebration. You better appreciate it. I was looking forward to the scene that comes immediately after this, and then as that movie was just, like, fading to black, I was like, oh, right, that's how the second movie starts, is just with them exiting this this, uh, tournament. So, yeah, like, I'm interested to hear Tepper's opinion then. Do you feel, having seen that movie for the first time, that the ending was kind of sudden? Uh, yes. Uh, especially compared to the other movies we've watched. And, like, I wasn't expecting... I wasn't expecting, like, a long, drawn-out thing. But even just, like, a couple extra minutes. Uh, because it's kind of like, okay, you won. Here's the trophy. End movie. And especially with, like, the way they drew out other other parts of the movie. Because, uh, like, what I liked is, is they kind of let the movie breathe a bit. Like, they weren't going at this, like, breakneck pace of, uh, okay, here you go, you got the essential point of the scene, move on. Okay, here's another scene that demonstrates, like, move on. Um, like, they took their time with certain, like, scenes, like, with the drunk Miyagi and things like that, which I appreciated. And then for them at the ending to just go, like, all right, that's it. It was, like, that's kind of weak. 
Like, I would have liked them, like, exiting the arena, or... Even just, like, him, like, hugging his fucking girlfriend. Yeah, th- that's what I was thinking, is, like, I was just thinking, I was like, it would be great if it just ended with, like, a kiss or something, like, um... No, it ended in the right way, on just a mild smile of Miyagi's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the thing, yeah, the thing that sticks out to me a little more is almost like, I, I know at the end of the movie, he wins and the bad guys lose, but we don't really get to see the consequences of the, like, in a lot of movies, the bad guy, like, gets what's coming to him. In this one, we don't really see, like, the quote-unquote bad guys, because again, whole, like, teacher versus student thing. Again, maybe all the students weren't as, you know, just bad or as evil as we thought, but the teacher might still be a jerk. And we don't really, yeah, get to see, like, the comeuppance for Daniel and Miyagi until maybe, again, I haven't actually seen later Karate Kid movies or the the preview for the um, Netflix series, so I don't really know how, like, in later movies, like, that pans out. So that was the weird thing about the ending to me, was that, yes, Daniel won, and again, and maybe this is just a thing in, in modern, again, the, the parallel I kind of draw between, like, the blockbusters now of, like, Marvel movies is a lot of the time the villain gets killed or kind of, like, you know, captured and put in their place. Whereas in this movie, even though the villains almost redeem themselves near the end with saying, like, yeah, the kid who first kicks the leg and says, like, I'm sorry, or how the main bully says, like, hey, you're all right, Daniel, like, GG, good fight kind of thing. We still don't really get any, and maybe it's just me thumbing my nose up and being like, oh, they didn't suffer enough kind of deal. But like, man, they beat the crap out of Daniel earlier and had no consequences or almost no consequences. They kind of karma who they need their way out of it. I think like, like I was fine with the bullies, like, cause, cause yeah, Daniel beat them and like them being like, okay, like humbled. I thought the bullies got like even though it wasn't as severe as maybe like it should have been uh but at the same time that wasn't really the point of the movie um but i thought the uh the teacher got off super light like this was a guy who was actively instructing his students to break the rules and harm another martial artist um to the point of telling one of his students to disqualify himself to injure a another martial artist so that he can't fight anymore like that's fucked up like that is absolutely horrid and whenever that happens in real sports like in like when i was playing like hockey and stuff it's like yeah no that marks you with a terrible reputation going forward that's how you like lose your job yeah well like that's like there were certain teams that like we were playing against where it'd be like okay this is a guy who sends out his players to hurt us like watch your back like be careful um and, and you kind of start, like, teams and players start to get known for that kind of stuff. Um, so that, that teacher, I think, got off way too light. Yeah, I, I think um, while you were making your point, yeah, I kind of realized that what I was trying to say, as often as I am and can't find the words, is of all the people, again, the, the students kind of learned their lesson. That's the point I'm trying to make here. The yeah, teacher, yeah, yeah. we don't get to see quote learn his lesson end quote uh but yeah i thought like yeah the coach does not and it's not even like they would need to do like a 10 minute thing but even just like five minutes of like fast forwarding like like fast forward like two weeks like go just go like two weeks later 
and even have like Daniel reading a newspaper where it's like Cobra Kai Academy closes as you know or like an expose of student or like teacher instructs students to fucking kill their opposition um like just something of like uh you got yours for being a total asshole dude uh yeah but it's not the purpose of the movie which is why it's never brought up because the purpose of the movie is finding balance in life through karate and and respect yeah, yeah but like what i'm trying to say it like it does it doesn't even need to be a main thing like it could even just be something in the background as they discuss like the main themes of the movie like you know what i mean like just even just something like you know they pass by or like something in the background of somebody talking uh like not even like they need to focus exclusively on it but i definitely think like the coach got off way too light but at the same time i totally get it like it's that's not the point of the movie and that's why for the most part i excuse it yeah it's it's a bit tricky because again we if i know our whole thing here is we're trying to identify the value just on the movie alone and ignoring the sequels so i think i ha- i have to agree like i think we would all agree that yeah that it seems like the coach gets off easy but kind of on my point of looking at that whole like wrap-up scene from 80s and 90s movies like it's not going to be like the seinfeld episode where that gym teacher that bullied george is now the hobo in front of the library like we're not going to see the the Cobra Kai yeah, teacher. No. Like, it's not going to cut to him with, you know, like, a bottle in a brown paper bag in front of, like, the diner his mom works at. Like, they're not going to tie everything together to be like, oh, look how his life got destroyed after Daniel beat his prize student thing. And, and, like, that would be going against the theme of the movie, I feel, because, like, the whole thing with, like, Miyagi going... Yeah, no revenge kind of deal. It's not about revenge. But just something of somebody calling him out, like, like not even like he doesn't even need to face true consequences, but just somebody calling him out on his shit would be good. Well, I think, and maybe, maybe Ivan can even enlighten us here, but like in later movies, (laughs) does like Miyagi start a dojo that everyone joins or is that not a thing? Uh, nope, that's not a thing. It's just Daniel. And then I guess, uh, the next Karate Kid as well, when she has to fight a mob i don't really know i've only seen that trailer but yeah so it's um yeah the the yeah it was a bit too quick on the ending like i would have liked just a little bit of time to breathe um so okay so like now i think we've kind of gone over most of the main points so i was thinking we'd go to some like smaller stuff um um so random racism like, that kind of came out of nowhere, and I thought didn't really fit neatly into the movie, where they're just like, oh, you got, like, a nip with you. And it's like, uh, what, what the the, the guys on the beach? Yeah, and they just fucking karate chops their beer glasses, but, like... Those guys probably just wandered onto set. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking terrifying? Because the whole thing about that scene to me is, uh, when we were talking about it during the movie, is yeah. if you were able to swing your arm fast enough to knock the top off of beer bottles without moving them one holy shit you're an anime karate wizard like (laughs) that's not possible for people to do or if you did swing your arm that fast you might break some bones or pull some muscles the other thing is if you did even work if you were even capable of doing that you'd cut your hand up yeah you're you're breaking glass above your hand sugar glass is fancy i guess actually that's a very good point is they could have molded sugar glass into beer bottle shape i figured that they shot the scene twice you know kind of sweep his hand by with movie magic 
and then replace the beer bottles with broken beer bottles. Mm. But the sugar glass is a good point. That is a commonly used prop in a lot of movies where you have to jump through a window or smash smash some glass. Yeah, uh, the kind of the other thing I was thinking is the dialogue in this movie was pretty good. Uh, like, I thought overall, like, there were some, like, interesting lines. Like, like when he does the shower thing, it's like, when somebody says, like, she must be into fungus. And then never danced in a shower before. Um, I got one. My favorite from that, that scene. Oh, no, it's not that scene, sorry. I think it's later when he's at school. It's one of the last scenes we see of him at school. And uh, I feel bad for not remembering the um, love interest's name in the movie. But when the bullies see Daniel and her together for one of the last times before the tournament, they <laughs> must be take a worm for a walk week. <laughs> oh, it's Allie with an I. Yeah. And Daniel with an L. Yeah. <laughs> um... And then the other one I, I quite like the other, one of the other lines I quite liked was like when they're talking about revenge and Miyagi's like, if you're going for revenge, dig two graves. And then he goes like, at least I would have company. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> All right. That's almost out of like Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Daniel's got sass. Yeah. Like that was like hardcore. I did not expect that line from him. Um... But yeah, no, I thought the like the dialogue overall was 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 pretty good, uh, especially coming from watching Warriors of Virtue. Like this is so much better. You mean Warriors of Virtue didn't have amazing dialogue? Only one character had amazing dialogue, <laughs> and we all know who that is. Imagine if he was in this movie. Every movie would be made better with Komodo. I think what does it for me there is, and and um, this is something that kind of bothers me about a lot of movies and TV shows. So let me know if you guys feel the same way. Is um, sometimes dialogue feels like it's happening too fast. Like obviously we're having a conversation right now about a movie, and there are some ums and ahs, and there are some pauses and some kind of like verbal fumbles when you're trying to think of the right word. That'll be edited out. Yeah, you you can't say that. No one will hear any of it. <laughs> They'll know our secret shame. Or no, not even that, like, you know, for professionalism's sake, it gets cut out. But that's always something that has kind of ruined my immersion in movie. And this is a this is a bit of a, a side point or a tangent. But I, I actually very much agree with Tepper here. But I think the Karate Kid did a good job of, a lot of times Daniel was talking to his mom. It felt like a teenager talking to his mom and being like, ah, no, don't worry about me. You'll make me look uncool. Like, why do we have to do this thing now kind of deal? Where I I actually really appreciate that this movie, a lot of the characters say things that, that they feel like they would say. And a lot of the time you don't have those snap back and forth, like one, two, one, two response conversations where it almost, again, like, obviously, movies are scripted. TV shows are scripted. Plays are scripted. Like, all this stuff is scripted. But you know what I mean? Sometimes where it almost feels like some kind of Shakespearean play, where people are responding to each other with fully formed thoughts. Yeah, it's too, the dialogue's too tight. Yeah, this movie did a good job of the dialogue feeling natural. That's the point yes. I'm trying to make. Yes, and that goes into the characters felt real. Like, that's where, like, the dialogue and the characters and the characterization they gave was phenomenal like especially the mom like the mom felt like i was like yeah that that seems like a legit fucking mom like there were certain conversations where i was like yeah like i've had conversations like that in real life with my fucking mom like um worst business dad so far though the mom saying hi kids like every single time she would say hi i was just like that is the most legitimate mom hi (laughs) hi kids hi kids yeah and yeah so 
Uh, yeah, so that that was definitely like one of the, one of the highlights for me was like I liked I liked the characterization. I liked that they let the characters have time because like there's like another version of this movie they could have made where like they could have done more like what kind of like Jeff was suggesting where they could have really like stripped this movie down. Like they could have cut. There's so many scenes where like I look at where I'm like yeah, like if you wanted to really tighten this movie up, you could easily cut like 15 minutes probably, uh, if not more. Hell yeah, dude! I think they could have cut half an hour. Like I want yeah. this movie to be an hour and a half. Yeah, like like I'm just underestimating because I don't want to like overestimate. But yeah, like there's so many things that they could have cut, but I'm glad they didn't. Like I'm glad they gave some time for the movie to uh, like I've been saying this a couple times, but so kind of like breathe and like you know let let uh, instead of going at like a breakneck pace. Um, let it let it go like like let it uh flow um and give give characterization to various things like they could have very easily like just ignored the mom for the most part and just focused on other things or they could have you know similar to what previous movies we've watched where like there's a whole bunch of characters that just kind of get put in the background or only have a couple lines saying like hi we're here we exist um so yeah i like i like that they did it yeah, I would agree that the pacing was mostly good. There's, yeah, just a still a couple scenes where I think you could have cut down or cut out. Although, yeah. on the topic of um, small stuff that bugged us, um, the thing that kind of stuck out to me, and one of the very few, was when Daniel is getting chased down by the bullies on Halloween and they've got him, you know, he's at, he after, you know, he doesn't climb the fence outside his building because they pull him down, and Miyagi jumps over the fence... They immediately attack Miyagi. Like, they, they don't go like, oh, who's this old man? Now that there's a witness, maybe we should leave Daniel alone. They also, again, that would be one reasonable thing to do. Yeah. But instead, they immediately, again, and yeah. the Hollywood thing, instead of attacking Miyagi all at once and overwhelming him, they run at him one at a time and all get, like, knocked the fuck out. To be fair, it's two at a time. Like the first two guys go at him at once, and like speaking speaking of small stuff that bugs me, I I did write that down as well, and also I thought the choreography for that scene was not great. Like it was way too slow, and it's not like they weren't capable of like decent choreography. Because I thought like the tournament was pretty damn solid in terms of like fighting. Um, I don't want this to sound rude, but the problem was probably Miyagi. Yeah, 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 and that's where, like, obviously we can point to that, and, like, that's fine, because it's not a huge deal, because it's just a small scene demonstrating a thing, uh, whereas, like, the true, like, finale, like, where the true, like, fighting was laying in wait was for the tournament. Like, that's where I think they put most of their effort in, and I would agree, like, that was a good choice. But of, like, small nitpicky things, that was definitely something where I was like, that doesn't look great. It's the only scene where, like, Miyagi fights. Yeah. And I mean, in all Valley, the only law is karate, so. <laughs> it's like, if you don't show up at the tournament, we'll kill you both. Yeah, and then, like, one of, like, the smaller, th- not like, I wouldn't, like, say themes... Is like I noticed a bit of like a class thing going on too, mostly in the girlfriend's parents towards uh, the main character. It's because they're from the hills. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and Daniel brings it up as well. Uh, so like that was kind of like a smaller theme of the movie was also like there was like this like class um, uh, aspect to it of like oh like 
her, like his parents pushing her toward uh, the guy. Her mom straight up doesn't accept the fact that she broke up with Johnny. Yeah, that was kind of like, what the fuck? Real business dads there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we got our business dad in the form of that guy. Uh, and the mom. And we the have mom a really well. good business dad in this movie, though, who isn't present at all. He's just gone. Are we ever told anything about Daniel's father? No. Not that I recall. Yeah, I don't think... I Like, he is almost certainly at least half the reason they went to California. Like, I can't imagine the mom moved to California so she could become a waitress and soon manager instead of her computer job solely for that. I remember bringing that up because, again... Now that seems crazy, right? Like, now so many people make their living programming computers or working in IT kind of deal because every company needs someone to do that. Whereas, again, if that movie came out, was it 1984? Can someone correct yep. me if someone has that up? 84. 84. Again, I could see that then being the kind of thing where computers are still a fringe thing. I think that was when it was still a girl's job. That's true, too. Uh, but, but basically the point I'm trying to make is, like, back then... Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Compu- people were less computer literate, and computers were kind of seen as either, yeah, one, a nerdy thing, or as like, wow, your office is running on computers and not paper. Like, yeah, it's like a hobby weird. thing. Yeah, kind of, I think you're right, like, yeah, like, some kind of hobbyist, like, interest group thing. But yeah, I think that that's just one scene that probably has not aged well, because if, if right now, obviously, you told someone, oh yeah, I'm quitting my job as a programmer to become, like, a waitress or, like, a manager at a restaurant, people would look at you like you're crazy, especially because um, where yeah. we live in Canada, uh, waiter, waiters and waitresses are one of the few jobs where you're not paid the minimum wage. You can be paid less because you're technically getting money off of tips, yeah. and that's a weird legal loophole. So for us, the context on that is crazy because if you had a job that's probably paying more than minimum wage as a computer programmer and you became a waitress, yeah, people would look at you like you're nuts. But in the context of the movie in 1984, maybe that actually seems reasonable. It's kind of hard to tell now that we're 30 years past the release of the movie. But that's that's where I'm saying, like, almost... Uh, Almost certainly, like, the reason they moved had something to do with the father, who is never named. Um, But, like, I find that scene isn't too bad, because I really feel like the movie wears... The movie wears when it was made on its sleeve. Like, it's not pretending to be, like, a... Like, it's like, you take... The opening says enough. Like, the car she drives, the way the movie's shot, like, everything is like, okay, yeah, this this was made in, you know, 80s, easily. Um, so that didn't really bug me too much. It was just kind of like a, like a fun, like, oh yeah, that, that was when it was made and that's fine. So do people want to play some games? Oh God. Do we have to? Yes. So first we're going to see, cause we were, there was lots of talk about the length of this movie. Uh, so obviously Cobra Kai is the longest being that it is a series, uh, but try to list from... Karate Kid, Karate Kid 2, Karate Kid 3, The Next Karate Kid, and The Jaden Smith 2010 Karate Kid. Try to... I want an, a list of them in length from shortest to longest. Which one do you think's the shortest? And see if there's a consensus. Shortest. Karate Kid 3. I'll go with 2. Or no. The next Karate Kid. That's the one I'll say is the shortest. <sighs> I want to go with two or three, but if I had to pick one, 
ooh, this is difficult. Because at some point I read the plot summary on like Wikipedia or IMDb, and there's some heavy stuff I remember in Karate Kid 2 or 3. But I'm I'm going to go with 3. I think Karate Kid 3 might be the shortest. All right. Uh, and what about longest uh, from each of you? Uh, I'll say uh, the Jaden Smith one. Yeah, I might also have to go with the newest because, yeah, a lot of movies lately have kind of suffered from the almost the same complaints I have about this movie in that they, they try to do so much characterization or just gratuitous scenes that you don't know if the director's cut's going to be shorter or longer. So I think I have to, yeah, go with Tepper here and say the longer, the longest. It's either probably this first one or the newest, but I'll go with the newest, the remake. Yeah, I was going to say the newest, the the remake with Jaden Smith. All right. Some good work there. So, clocking in at an hour and 47 minutes is the next Karate Kid. Hey, I was correct. Then at an hour 52 is Karate Kid Part 3. An hour 53 is Karate Kid Part 2. Two hours and six minutes is the Karate Kid. And two hours and 20 minutes is the Karate Kid. With Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. <laughs> hey. All right. Right on both counts. Feels good, man. Yeah, good job. Also, I do like how like they're called parts. So like it's sort of like they're the same story. Yeah, and that's I think I like that must have been somewhat intentional, and that's why the first one ends so abruptly. Saying that though, I I I never. I watched part two. I never watched part three. Yeah, like, I'm never persuaded by that because it's like a movie. I've never seen part three either. A movie should be able to stand on its own. Wait, stand? No, I, I don't. Stand? <laughs> don't. God. On the same hole? Don't. Oh my god, don't. Stop. Is that a JoJo okay. reference? Stop. Stop. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> okay. Uh, next, the more interesting one. I want you guys to guess how they are rated, and this is on IMDb because Rotten Tomatoes does not yet have a rating for Cobra Kai, so uh, so I'm going to get a full list from you guys, I think. Um, like 1 to 4, 1 to 5 kind of deal? So there are, including Cobra Kai, there are six items, and just kind of the, where they fall on the scale of IMDb's is, 0 is, to 10 is, rating. Is Cobra Kai rated yet? It is on IMDb, oh, okay. so that's where I'm getting my ratings from. Yeah, okay. Uh, I feel like I feel like the obvious number one is Karate Kid. Yeah, I have to agree there. I feel like number one is going to be the original. Oh for yeah. Sure. Um, and then after that, yeah. The problem is uh, a bunch of these movies I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen the remake. I haven't seen Karate Kid two or three. So one, I don't actually know if they're good movies. Yeah, we're we're literally just guessing, so it's like, um, so yeah, I'll say like Karate Kid is the best. Karate Kid two, I think, would go after. Um, I feel like Jaden Smith would be the worst because yeah. he is not a great actor. Um, all right, uh, okay, I'd say either Kai or three would be next on the list for the third place position yeah. after. Predicate 2? Okay. Yeah, I th maybe, yeah. And then after and those it, two, I guess, would be next. next. Yeah, next Karate Kid, and then, yeah, like, the remake. Well, see, I kind of, because uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of three different people's list of six things, um, I have a slightly probably differing opinion. Or again, it's hard to call it an opinion when we're guessing at most of these. But I feel like I agree, original Karate Kid, probably number one. I often get weird feelings about, like... <sighs> 
or actually, I don't know, because I was kind of comparing it in the sense of a trilogy to being like Star Wars, but Empire Strikes Back would probably be the highest rated for most people. So I'm kind of going like, and yeah, again, I think like Netflix series, a lot of them people are pretty big fans of, especially if it's already something established like Karate Kid. It's just kind of weird because like our generation might be more of the Netflix generation, us and maybe people slightly older than us. Uh, we're mid-twenties, if, if, if any listeners are wondering. Um, i definitely say Kar- original Karate Kid number one, but I might... I feel like there's going to be some weird kind of thing where, like, I know one of the Karate Kids takes... Karate Kid 2 or 3, like, take place in Japan. It is Karate Kid 2. Karate Kid 2, okay. So I might go, like, Karate Kid 1, 2, Cobra Kai, Karate Kid 3... Ah... Yeah, I'll say Karate Kid 3 and then uh, New Karate Kid or whatever that one's called, and that'll that'll be my final answer. All right. So, uh, the list from bottom up with a on IMDb with a 4.4 out of 10 is the next Karate Kid. Hmm. All right. With a 5.1 out of 10 is the Karate Kid Part 3. With a 5.9 out of 10 is the Karate Kid Part 2. With a 6.2 out of 10 is The Karate Kid with Jaden Smith. That's higher, way higher than I thought it would ever be. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, I, I didn't even mention it because I kind of thought that would be closer to the bottom. With a 7.2 is the original Karate Kid. Oh, and then what? The TV series and is highest. with a 9.1 is Cobra Kai. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's just... And again, like I don't want to dispute people necessarily, but... That that TV series rating has got to be high. Like, either it's fans of Karate Kid on a nostalgia trip, or, again, maybe it's just a big thing that's improved over the last 10, 20 years is people have learned uh, better cinematography. Like, maybe the shots and kind of storytelling of the movie is done better because, you know, people have just learned more lessons. Maybe there's not, like, enough ratings in, too. Like, it might just be, like, one or two people who really Yeah, like that's good. Movie. Again, that kind of goes along with not to hijack. I think you made a good point. But my kind of point about its fans watching the series, like, who's going to... Would you watch Cobra Kai if you didn't know what Karate Kid was? I'd bet no. But, I mean, and but I mean, like, at the same time as much as we're saying this, maybe it is good. Like, maybe it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be I'm gonna be checking it out. Yeah, like, so what, yeah. What, did, what did Karate Kid 1 come in at? Uh, second place with a 7.2. Okay. That seems fair. I'd give it a very solid 7. Like, because to me, 8, 9, and 10 are kind of the ratings reserved for, yeah. like, classics. Whereas Karate Kid is a good movie. But again, to me, just as we already discussed, for me, kind of had some gratuitous scenes and could have been cut yeah. up slightly better. But overall, pacing good, characterization good, script good. Just not like, you know, that kind of great thing where, like, oh, this is the next... And obviously this is quite a stretch, but this isn't the next Casablanca or Shawshank Redemption. Like, this is not a 10 out of 10 movie. <laughs> it's it's a good movie, but it doesn't transcend its material. Like, it doesn't raise up the uh, medium in any significant way. Yeah. And the, the Karate Kid has 150,000 reviews on IMDb, and Cobra Kai has 13,000 which is close to surpassing the next Karate Kid at only 21,000. I'd be curious to see the difference between IMDb and uh, like Rotten Tomatoes for those scores, too. Yeah, uh, Rotten Tomatoes brings in the next Karate Kid at 7. That's a lie. That is the, that's the, that is the uh, Hillary Swank one. So, 
Well, here's the thing that this this uh this is a thought that jumped into my head is and I know IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes are both websites, but again the whole thing being between I could go make an account on IMDb and rate that movie a 10 or a 1 and its rating probably won't change cuz there's a lot of people rating it. But a lot of people on the internet kind of tend to rate things in an emotional state of, oh, I liked it, it was great, or I didn't like it, it was bad. Um, yep. Yeah, that's typically what I do. <laughs> but um, I think I really, I do like Rotten Tomatoes' system of having critics just say good or no. Yeah. Well, it's also like, because it also aggregates, right, from other sites. That's how Rotten Tomatoes works. I think a channel. certain amount, Yeah. But basically, my idea here is on, on IMDb, you have more people going back and able to rate the movies of their childhood. So whether or not they're viewing that with rose-tinted glasses or nostalgia glasses, that that may be true. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it is only critics. So I think the difficult thing about Rotten Tomatoes for um, movies in the past, from whatever, because Rotten Tomatoes is probably 10, 15, 20 years old, but obviously not old enough to for the Karate Kid when it actually released. So my thing about Rotten Tomatoes in this instance is um, there are older movies where unless they're pulling people's reviews from like newspapers and other news feeds, radio shows, whatever, they might be kind of missing more of that. Like who knows when a critic put out a review of the Karate Kid considering if it's 2018 and the movie came out in 1984, it's like 34 years old. Like... Plenty of people on IMDb going on and giving it seven or eight stars because it's a solid movie. Less so maybe people reviewing it on Rotten Tomatoes because there's just kind of, like, there's no modern reviewers really looking yeah. back. Well, and, and and also, like, something to think about as well is, is, like, the way a movie is perceived changes over time as well. Where, like, the initial critical reception of certain films has been like like a like a big one for that is like the big lebowski which when it came out was considered like pretty bad by critics but like over time has been kind of looked upon much more favorably um and like i almost wonder if it's like kind of the same thing occurring like happening with like karate kid where like maybe when it initially came out especially in the time it came out where there was probably like a lot of you know like obviously we saw a bunch of movies similar and semi-similar in structure to it in like the 90s um but there there might have been like a lot of movies sam like covering similar like subject matter um so like reviewers would go like oh you know it's just you know you've seen this before uh but then people saw it and it made its way into like pop culture and into like for whatever reason became exceptionally popular um despite it maybe not being the greatest you know like the greatest film so like a lot of those reviews are might like that kind of initial reaction and that may that initial reaction has changed over time but i'm just kind of spitballing here yeah so because yeah Rot rotten tomatoes has uh professional reviews and an audience score and so the scores are a percentage of positive ratings and then also the average ratings so lots of information yeah, percentage of positive for critics and audience rating out of 10 uh, j just to clarify for listeners the, well it's percentage on both so there is the critics are out of 10 and a percentage of a positive review and the audience is out of five with percentage of positive review 
So the the next Karate Kid has seven percent uh positive rating from uh, critics, with an average of three point seven. Probably don't need to watch that one. So these are these are relatively similar to the IMDb re- re- results, other than that Cobra Kai has no rating yet, and the Karate Kid two, a second Jaden Smith movie from twenty sixteen, which doesn't actually exist, has a rating. Uh, yeah, so I think, I think the one question I would ask, well, two technically, uh, everyone's favorite character? Yeah, that's a tricky one. See, I, I, I kind of don't want to say Daniel, because obviously we're all pretty reserved people, and Daniel's kind of a hothead, at least at the beginning of the movie. And yet, considering that they do give a bit of characterization to miyagi again in the contrast we talked about of him being a military man and the cobra kai instructor being a military man actually i might even say just daniel's mom like i really liked that of a lot of a lot of movie moms are over the top in one way or another like they're too caring or they're too doting or they're just yeah like non-existent in some of the stuff we've done so i actually really liked the characterization of of daniel's mom like i felt like not only was it kind of like realistic in the sense that she actually cared what was going on when he was hurt or tried to take interest in his life but i mean my favorite character might just be his mom because she was a legitimate mother figure like that's kind of the only point i can make about that but i really liked that daniel's mom was a was a mom yeah i'm, I'm gonna go vanilla on this one i really like miyagi like just he was so much fun. I loved watching like his friendship with Daniel. I love watching him roll back when he laughs on the boat. Yeah, yeah, like um <laughs> like he was just such a fun character in general and I think like brought like a really great tone to that movie and like the friendship between him and Daniel growing over the course of the movie I thought was like really cool. Them bringing in historical like I definitely did not expect them to go like yeah, no, he was fought in World War 2 and you know like he brings up internment camps and everything. I was like, I did not expect that. Yeah, he was part of the 442. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with, with Miyagi on this one. Yeah, I think it's Miyagi, but Daniel's mom is definitely a close second. Yeah. Although, do we ever see them in the same room, except for those five times that we do? <laughs> Maybe they're the same person. The tournament is one where I remember, I don't know if we saw them in like the room when Daniel, like the doctor was looking at him, just being like, hey kid, you did good in the tournament. I'm a, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Thumbs up. I love how Daniel went to go chill with Miyagi instead of, on his birthday, instead of going with his mom. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then everyone's least favorite character. Um. Ooh, see, that's tricky for me, because, like, are we talking... Like, obviously, we're meant to dislike the coach character. Yeah. But when I think of, like, least favorite character, there's kind of two ways to take it. Uh, Is, like, okay, obviously they wanted me to not like the villain. That's how villains work. Or kind of, like, least favorite in terms of, like, oh, that character was underdeveloped. But I think I have to agree with Tepper that most of the characters in this movie got the right amount of development like even like like let's say the guy who he he kicks the door open and he hits and then the kid invites him to his party like that kid could have easily been in the script obviously the script is set up to get daniel to the party so the plot can be developed but that kid you know could have been like you kick the door open and you hurt me fudge off daniel 
Like, I, so least favorite character, that's a bit trickier for me because I kind of have those two different ways of evaluating it. If we're talking about... Go with least memorable, then. I yeah. know what my least favorite character is, just, like, offhand. And it's Allie's mom. Oh, yeah, her mom is pretty <laughs> awful. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Allie, they, they're mom. only in that one scene, right? They're in two scenes. Yeah, two scenes. When he goes to pick her up, and then at the dance. At, yeah, at the dance. Yeah. yeah, she's real. She's real bad. Yeah. So, so my like least favorite character, I would probably go with either the kid at the beginning or like her mom. Apartment seventeen. Yeah, apartment seventeen. I thought like he shows up and then like he disappears, and and not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think compared to how most of the other characters in the movie were handled, was like kind of lame. But yeah, the the kid with the shirt of two pigs having sex yeah yeah um making bacon see because even then like he kind of had his role to play um yeah because I, I think i'll go with him just because like he's like oh hey like you're pretty cool like teach me karate sometime it was just like oh wow you got beat up like screw this guy i'm gonna like fucking dip on you uh so yeah i think i'm gonna go with him as my least favorite because like at least like her mom and her dad they played their role and they were never like supposed to be her mom does not believe that her daughter has autonomy yes and that infuriates me (laughs) yeah yeah no she's an awful person but like she's never gets fleshed out and she's not supposed to like that's her whole role is she shows up as an awful person and kind of represents what the girl is dealing with like a mom who won't recognize that she broke up with this guy um Whereas, like, the guy at the beginning, it was like, oh, like, this is cool, and then just gets dropped off the face of the earth. So, yeah, I'd say that guy's my least favorite. Yeah, I think it's a good point to bring up, like, worst character versus, like, least memorable. Because, yeah, um, my least memorable of the characters that show up... (sighs) See, the problem is, yeah, because so many characters in these kind of movies are meant to just serve a purpose. So it's, like, even just the, um, when he goes to the arcade looking for what's-your-face... Allie. And the two girls tell him to, like, you know, buzz off. Like, they serve their purpose, but they're not... Obviously, I'm remembering them now, but they're not really memorable characters. Kind of in the same way as Kid from, like, Room 17 served his purpose. So I'm kind of... I don't know if I want to evaluate based on, like, minor characters. So for me, least used character... Yeah, see, the problem is I can imagine so much more characterization taking place of, like, the main bully or the kid who, you know, told them to hold back or didn't want to do the leg move. But then, like, I liked how those... I liked the point up to how those guys were characterized, if you you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, I think they were almost characterized the appropriate amount. So it's kind of hard for me to be like, oh, I, I wish they were fleshed out more, but they, again, they serve their purpose in the movie. Or, like, another way to look at this is maybe, like, what was a character that was misused or, like, had their potential wasted? Yeah, I'm just kind of having a hard point of choosing between, yeah, like, least favorite character because they were a jerk and least favorite character because, like, maybe, yeah, they were not used properly or that they were underused. So I might have to go with, yeah, like, the the girl's parents kind of enforced some weird, like, stodgy gender roles. That I understand that a lot of time, yeah, in those kind of, like, 80s movies, it's like, oh, this person's real stuck up and 
nerdy is the wrong word, but like, oh, they, they're trying to stop you from having fun kind of deal and not in the way that the bully does where I might have to go with her parents. Cause that's something that like they, you could probably have not have included that in the movie and it wouldn't change anything, but they did include it in the movie Still doesn't change anything, but we just think like, oh, wow, yeah, maybe that's why da later Daniel was like, oh, yeah, like you're, you know, you can't be with me because your parents think my family's poor kind of deal. So I think I might yeah, have to agree with some of you guys and go with um, the love interest's parents just because they were kind of a little too, like of all the one dimensional characters, they literally had one dimension. All right. Well, the correct answer was Black Spider-Man. Right. He's just there. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, no, it's almost certainly Ali's mom. She's just terrible. Yeah, again, like, I, I don't think they, they really... That's one of the scenes where, again, it's really like... It, is something about my understanding of the movie or the characters being added to here? Not really. So I think I have to... I might not have said that unless you guys brought it up first, but I think I have to agree with that point where it's just kind of like, yeah, that... That scene didn't really add much. And yeah, they, they reference it in a later line, but it's not... You don't always need Chekhov's gun to show up. Like, that's not even a MacGuffin or a Chekhov's gun. That just kind of happened. Alright, so how would everyone rate this movie on our arbitrary scales? Connor? Um, I'll probably give it like that clap hand Roby thing. Magic hands. Magic hands. Magic hands out of D Daniel Sun. Magic hands out of injuries. All right, uh, Jeff. Uh, is this out of one uh, out of a five scale or a ten scale? Your choice. This is out of an it is arbitrary completely scale. arbitrary. It can be a it can be a real rating if you want. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I kind of do want to give this a real rating. The problem I have, slight tangent, is. I feel like I would give this movie like a 7.5 out of 10 because to me it it has enough small flaws and hiccups that it doesn't quite get like, you know, the, the A like rating, like an 8 out of 10 or above. But I feel like as like if I gave this movie a 7, that's kind of yeah, like ignoring like the cultural impact it's had. So I would say if if I may like kind of like a 7.5 or strong seven kind of deal where it holds up. Uh, definitely. I think a good movie that handles its themes, characters and like script well, but hasn't aged completely gracefully that that is my short review. All right. Tepper. Um, I'll give it how many, how many cars did Miyagi have? Five, five, five. I'll give it... Uh, well, five and his truck. Yep. Yeah, so I'll give it uh, three waxed cars out of five. Um, but, like, actually, though, I, I for, like, a real rating, I agree with Jeff on basically every single point. Like, it was a solid enough movie. Um, yeah, I'd give it, like a, like, a seven. Because, like, yeah, like, it does what it wants quite well, but it doesn't, like, elevate its material or, like doesn't elevate film in any like way if you understand what i mean i give it a solid eight but like yeah. not a pr not anything more like that's how i feel about it yeah so i'd give it like a seven and i'd give it five murder bullies out of one real mom Aww. <laughs> or hmm, is 
said five murder bullies out of hi kids hi kids hi kids <laughs> and with that i've been your host ivan you can find me on downloadable zebras i mostly do this podcast and some other stuff that will happen at some point i'm connor uh i'm also on downloadable zebras and Mostly doing this and some Marlowe stuff and some other stuff that will be released in the future, maybe. I'm Jeff, also known as Notorious Tree. Uh, you can find my blogs about competitive games and music on Downloadable Zebras, and I would love it if you checked them out. And I'm Trevor. You can find uh, my writing and podcasts on DownloadableZebras.com under the pen name of Feldia. And a special thanks to 8-Bit Jazz for the use of our theme song. Uh, you can find it on YouTube or follow the link in the description.